Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast was originally recorded for my folks over on the Patreon on January 23rd and will contain spoilers regarding WandaVision episode number three. Proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of My Other Podcast. My name is Steven, and I'm coming at you with the one podcast that is exclusive to y'all, my patrons. I mean, not 100% exclusive. I do like to share these episodes every now and again on the Just Another Fanboy feed. And frankly, these episodes here, these bonus episodes I'm giving you now each week in which I'm going to be talking about the show WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Just a little warning here. I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it a warning. That seems like a weird thing to say. Just a little. I just want to let you all know that there's a good chance that once I'm done with all of these episodes, I may combine them somehow and end up putting them out in some fashion over at the Just Another Fanboy feed as well. But that's, you know what, that's future us issues, right? We don't have to worry about that right now, because that's going to happen in the future. We only have to worry about the here and the now. So today I'm talking about WandaVision episode number three. I've watched it twice now, and I'll be honest with you, I've also been watching a few videos online over at the YouTubes, in which various theories are discussed, various Easter eggs are pointed out. The main one in particular is a is a YouTube channel called Screen Crush. And it was one, it was kind of my go-to. Every time I would watch an episode of The Mandalorian from season two, I would head over to YouTube and I would check out that guy's episode on what Easter eggs could be found within the episode. There's also another website or YouTube channel out there called What Culture, and they have created a a second YouTube channel called What Culture Star Wars, and they would also do, I think theirs was more of a, you know, this is how many great things we found, we, we thought about the episode, and this is the non great things. And, and for The Mandalorian season two, it was mostly great things, but we're not here to talk about The Mandalorian. We're here to talk about WandaVision episode three. This sucker was set in the 70s. It was full color. It was very reminiscent of the Brady Bunch and the Mary Tyler Moore show. The theme song, the theme, the episode, the opening credits were very much Brady Bunch-like. And yet there was a point where the the logo, the title of the show, they, they flashed it across the screen and then it broke off into multiple color versions that stretched out above and below. That's very much the Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, 
I meant to say this earlier, but I am going to be spoiling the crap out of this episode. And I may be spoiling information that um, for those of us that have watched the trailer, that have watched the uh, the other videos, that have read all the articles and whatnot, that, that officially that Disney Plus put out about the show... We already know about all this stuff, but if you have not, if, if all you're doing is watching the show and you've not read anything about it, if you've not watched any other videos or anything about it, then I may be spoiling a couple of things that you're not quite aware of at this point. So just, I guess, be aware of that. Now, back to the episode, the house that they're living in, the interior of the house now has changed once again. I mean, not only are we now in full color and it is the 70s. The house itself inside very much resembles the Brady Bunch house. There's the big staircase and just the the decor. And it's not an exact replica, of course, but it is very reminiscent of the Brady Bunch house. And frankly, it's it's a house I would love to live in. If I I'm going to go off on a tangent here, folks, if I suddenly came into millions and millions of dollars, and I was able to build a new house, the interior would very much look like the Brady Bunch house. I'm not lying. I would do a conversation pit. I would do one of those awesome staircases. It would very much look like that. But let's let's get beyond that. So when we left Wanda and Vision in episode two, Wanda had become pregnant just all of a sudden. It just happened. And the show ended up changing to color as it ended and now here we are in the 70s. We we started in the 50s. We're now in the 70s. And yet, based on just various things that they've talked about, um, it's it's not screamingly obvious, but it's fairly obvious that really only a few days has passed as far as the history of the people that are living in this town, Westview. Wanda is pregnant still, of course, but she's much further along. There is a doctor there, Dr. Nielsen, which... If you're not aware, the, 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 the company that the organization that tracks audience, that tracks viewership, that tracks the numbers as far as who's watching what is called the Nielsen's. The Nielsen ratings are in, you know, that kind of stuff. He's giving Wanda a very cursory examination. And he, of course, deduces that, yes, she is pregnant. Vision, who so far throughout these three episodes has been kind of curious about the world in which they're living living in he he can't help but notice that maybe things aren't quite what they should be and he has these moments where he starts to question them slightly and this is one of those moments because he explains to Dr. Nielsen that you know is this a nor- is this normal how does this happen it just it seemed to happen overnight and of course the doctor's like well of course it seems that's how it always seems when you're when you're shocked by such a life-changing event you know and but really it's literally the night before is when she became pregnant and she was already showing and now she looks like she's about 3 to 4 months along vision walks the doctor out to his car and when he comes back in, she's she now looks like she's about seven to eight months along. So it's really progressing quite rapidly. They are at one point in the nursery. She's put to, she's used her magic to put together the crib. She's uh, using her magic to paint a stork on the wall. They're discussing names for the baby. She wants to go with Tommy. He wants to go with Billy. It's as I'm watching this and as I'm watching these videos about this, it really makes me feel like I should be reading 
John Burns run on West Coast Avengers because I feel like when it comes to Wanda and Vision and their relationship and her getting pregnant and her having children and the introduction of oh, what is her name Agnes uh, something or other the the witch let me let me look that up real quick Agatha Harkness that's who it is I didn't have to look it up it just suddenly dawned on me. That all happened in John Burns run. From what I from what I recall, when I'm watching some of these videos, they're showing a lot of panels from John Burns run. I feel like I need to be reading that and that may help me understand the show better. And not only that, but House of M, there's a lot of influence from House of M in this show as well. But we'll get to theories and whatnot here in a bit. So Wanda suddenly starts having Braxton Hicks contractions, which are false contractions. Vision is reading up about being pregnant, you know, kind of a what to expect when you're expecting kind of book. He's practicing changing diapers on a doll that looks very much like the Kitty Carryall doll from an episode of The Brady Bunch. And then she ends up, he he deduces based on how she's progressing that she will end up having the baby in three days, but she ends up having the baby or babies that day because she suddenly goes into labor vision takes off to go get the doctor who is supposed to be leaving on vacation and he he runs he runs at super speed to find him there's a moment there's a really odd moment if i can go back to the near the beginning of the episode again when he's walking blah 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 when flebedin when he is walking dr nielsen out to his car after he examines wanda their neighbor herb who I we just learned in this episode that he's their neighbor. He wasn't, uh, we didn't know that in the other two episodes. We knew of her, but we didn't know that he was their neighbor. He is trimming his hedges with an electronic uh, hedge trimmer. And at one point, he stops trimming the hedges. He's trimmed them so far down that he's now cutting into the brick wall that separates their property. And Vision finds it a bit curious, but he kind of points it out. He's like, hey, I think you're going a little too far on that hedge trimming there, Herb. And Herb's like, oh, yeah, I guess I am. Thanks, buddy. But he acts, he he continues doing it in a very strange, um, kind of like a non-player character in a freaking video game or something. He's He's kind of going through the motions. He's smiling. He's acting like the good neighbor. But he's not quite realizing that he's doing something that he really shouldn't be doing. And while Vision finds it curious, he just he just kind of dismisses it. And that's when he goes inside and finds out that Wanda is even more pregnant than she was just moments ago. So eventually Wanda starts going into labor. And as she does, she starts losing control of her powers and various things start happening around the house. It starts raining in the house. Um, paintings and whatnot are spinning and uh, Vision runs out to go get the doctor who is still supposed to be in town. He's supposed to be leaving for vacation uh, to Bermuda. Vision goes to get him. Well, in the meantime, Geraldine shows up. Now, here's where a spoiler comes in. If all you've been doing is watching these episodes, but it has been revealed that Geraldine is actually Monica Rambeau. Now, Monica Rambeau is a character from the comic books from the 80s. She was she was introduced in the 80s in like a Spider-Man annual, but she ended up right away becoming a member of the Avengers under the name of Captain Marvel. She was actually one of my favorite characters. When I was reading comics, when I was getting into comics, that era of the Avengers in the 80s was my Avengers. 
I don't quite remember who wrote it. I want to say it's Roger Stern, but you had John Buscema and Tom Palmer on the art. And it's just, it's I the, the images, anytime I see John Buscema art anymore, it's just iconic to me. And I can't help but think of the Avengers because they had a fairly decent run on the Avengers and Captain Marvel was part of that team. And I've always liked her. And I understand that she wasn't the original Captain Marvel. And I understand that giving the name Captain Marvel to Carol Danvers makes a a heck of a lot of sense. But regardless of what you call Monica Rambeau these days, whether it's Photon or I don't even remember some of the other names, she's always going to be Captain Marvel to me. But That's who Geraldine is. Now, we've also learned from various sources that the agency called S.W.O.R.D. from the comics is also involved in this show as well. S.W.O.R.D. in the comics was um, sentient world observation something reconnaissance division or something like that. They were basically S.H.I.E.L.D., but they investigated alien threats. Well, in the show, they've changed world to weapon, sentient weapon observation reconnaissance division. I, I, I honestly don't remember what the O&R stand for, but basically they are what that sounds like is they are in charge of kind of monitoring superpowered individuals that may become a threat or have become a threat. And they categorize them as sentient weapons. And so we know that they're involved in the show. We've seen in episode two when Wanda found the heli- the little toy helicopter in the the hedges and it was the only thing that was in color there was a little sword symbol on it the beekeeper at the end of episode 2 that came up out of the manhole in the street he had a sword logo on his back and Geraldine whose real name is Monica has a sword logo on a necklace and she she arrives at the house as uh Wanda is kind of going through these contractions. Wanda tries to disguise the fact that she's pregnant and she uses a lot of television tropes when actual actresses on sitcoms would become pregnant and they want to hide that fact because the character is not pregnant. They would do things like put them in big coats or have them stand uh, behind counters or carry things in front of them that would cover their midsection. And, and so Wanda does this throughout this this segment of the episode. She picks up a bowl of fruit. She She's wearing a big coat and all that kind of stuff. But as she's going through these contractions, all this wacky stuff is happening around her in the house. And at one point, an actual stork shows up and starts just walking around the house. And Wanda is trying to hide the fact that there is a live stork in the house from Geraldine. And on a number of occasions tries to use her magic to make the stork disappear. And it surrounds, she, she like the, the stork is surrounded by this red cloudy mist and the stork just shakes it off and keeps moving around the house. And there's a really wacky theory about this stork that I'm just going to go ahead and share now. But some people are maintaining the theory that this stork is Mephisto. And that's basically Marvel's version of the devil. And he does have a, big part to play in the life of Wanda. Uh, we find out that he's connected to her twin, her twin babies, her and visions, twin babies. Um, 
somehow again i need to i need to read that freaking west coast avengers run to 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 really quite understand what's going on there but there's also a theory that in episode two agnes the neighbor is carrying a cage with a rabbit in it that she calls mr scratchy well the devil is often referred to in some areas of the united states and some cultures as mr scratch so People theorizing, well, the the rabbit is Mephisto and now the stork is Mephisto because it obviously can shake off the magic that she's throwing at it. I I don't know. I don't know about all that. Um, But Geraldine is there when and finally uh, Wanda reveals that, yes, she is pregnant and she's having the baby now. Geraldine helps her through it. She has the baby. And that's when Vision shows up with the doctor on his back. And then she she. He, he's kind of upset. Oh, I missed I missed it, you know, and but then she goes into labor again and she ends up having the second baby. Well, they had been arguing at one point jovially about the names of the baby uh, when they thought they were just having one. Vision wanted to name him Billy for William Shakespeare and Wanda wanted to name him Tommy because she thought it was a, just an all around good American name. Well, now they have twins, Billy and Tommy. So Vision walks the doctor out again. Geraldine stays behind with Wanda. And this is when the show gets really weird and creepy and asks way more questions than they've given answers to. And I'm getting to the point now where it's like, I'm freaking enjoying it just quite a bit, but I wish they'd give us some answers already because waiting each week for new stuff is driving me crazy. But that's also part of the fun. So there's two things going on simultaneously. Vision takes, walks the doctor out. As the doctor is leaving, Vision mentions, you know, that he he hopes he has a good time on his vac- vacation. The doctor basically says, well, you know, I don't think we're going to go now. You know how it is in small towns. It's they're They're quite hard to escape. And he says it in, like I said, like quite the creepy fashion. Like he's trying to say that even if he wanted to go on vacation, he can't leave town. The, they are trapped in town. So this is kind of one of the first references we get that maybe the townsfolk understand that the town that they're living in isn't reality and that they are trapped. Well, after the doctor leaves, Vision turns to find that Agnes is there and she's talking to Herb and they're having this whispered conversation, you know, very uh, secretive, conspiratorial type conversation. I didn't catch it the first time I watched it. When I watched it the second time, however, I had the captions on. And what we learn is that the two of them are talking about Geraldine going into the house. Vision sees them talking. He finds their tone, their conspiratorial tone, very strange. And so he approaches them. Hey, what's going on, neighbor? And Agnes asks, did uh, did Geraldine, is she in there alone with Wanda? And Vision's like, yeah, so, and... Herb, I think it is. One of them says basically that do you understand that she's she's new to town. She doesn't have a family. She doesn't have a husband. Vision says, well, there's nothing wrong with that. And Agnes says she doesn't have a home. Vision finds that kind of weird. What do you mean she doesn't have a home? And Herb starts to say he says something to the effect of, well, the only reason she is here is because we are. And he can't quite say it. And Agnes looks like She is afraid of what he's going to say. And finally, she stops him. And then they both kind of revert back to their to their sitcom selves, basically. And she leaves and we're left to wonder, what was Herb going to say? My theory is and uh, same with the folks, the the videos and stuff I'm watching is that he was going to say that she's here because we're trapped. Well, while this is going on, 
Geraldine or Monica is in the house with Wanda. They're looking at the two babies in the crib and Wanda reveals to Geraldine that she too is a twin and she starts talking about her brother Petro and it starts to get kind of real in there. And Geraldine says to Wanda, Petro was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? And because as, as Wanda is talking about Petro, she starts to sing a, a lullaby to the, to the twins, uh, Slovakian. I, now I can't remember where they were from. Um, but she's singing it in their language. And that's when Geraldine says he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? And Wanda says, what did you say? And that's when she kind of notices Geraldine's necklace and Geraldine's like, well, no, I was just saying, you know, you're a very lucky woman. And no, no, what were you just saying? Just, just a moment ago. And she notices the necklace and she goes, what's that? What's that around your neck? What does that mean? What's, what's, and then she, she just suddenly harbors a great distrust for Geraldine. And that's when we go back to vision and visions talking to Herb and Agnes. And then he comes into the house and Wanda's there looking at the twins. Geraldine's not there. He asks where Geraldine is. And she says, Geraldine has left. And then the, the picture starts changing its aspect ratio from the square to the letterbox. And we are suddenly taken outside of Westville. It's nighttime. And there appears to be this flash of like a force field of some sort around the town. It very much looks pixelated like a TV screen if you're standing really close to it. And here comes Geraldine being ejected from the town and she flies through the through the force field and she lands on the ground in, you know, very, very violent. And she she's kind of laying there like she's just woken up. And then all these vehicles, these dark vans and cars with their headlights on show up and surround her. And we see we, we pull back and there are big lights on poles surrounding the outskirts of the town. And you can kind of see the shimmering pixelated force field around the town when Geraldine or Monica is ejected. She is covered in like a red energy that usually is, is the, the magical energy, the force that we see when Wanda is using her abilities. And that's when the episode ends. It was really good. This is, I'm really pleased with the way that this show is going so far. I was really kind of worried at first, you know, it's like, oh, it's a black and white sitcom. And the second one episode is a sitcom and the third episode is a sitcom, but they're doing just a phenomenal job at just giving us just enough information about what's really going on to not explain what's going on to make, to keep us wondering. This freaking mystery that is just, it's got me obsessed with this show. And I never thought I would be obsessed with anything starring the Scarlet Witch and Vision. And I have to say, both of these characters in this show are great. I love the sitcom versions of each of them. Vision is just freaking adorable. They're both so funny and they're just, they're, they're, they're just doing their roles so well. And I think for this being, a, the introduction to phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and B, being the first show that's on Disney Plus, they're knocking it out of the park. And let me talk about some of the theories I've been hearing. And uh, I, I'm not quite sure I, I know what's going on. I'm not quite sure I have a theory. I do believe that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. I do believe that the town of Westville, that... Wanda has used her reality warping powers to create 
this little pocket world using the town of Westville and the people who live there. I don't think these people are uh, citizens that she has created. I think they are actual townsfolk from Westville that she is manipulating. But I don't think she knows that she's doing this. I think she is being manipulated from an outside influence. I think that that is fairly obvious based off of the second episode when the voice of somebody is coming through the radio asking, who's doing this to you, Wanda? I think Wanda is not quite in control of herself. I think somebody is manipulating her into such a fashion that she is... They're basically giving her what she wants. She's living what she has always grown up with as an idyllic American life within these sitcoms that she probably grew up watching. Her husband, whom she watched die in the Avengers movies, is back. I do think that he is he is back. I don't think that he is something that she's just popped into reality. I think I think she has uh brought him back to life. There's a theory that I I watched on Screen Crush where he talks about how based on everything we've seen from Wanda in the movies, um, she appears to be able to have in some aspects, she can tap into all the powers of each one of the Infinity Stones. Like she is her own Infinity Gauntlet, just not as powerful. And we know that both her and Petro were given their powers from Hydra Baron Strucker doing some sort of experiments on them using one of the Infinity Stones, but we don't know if that gave them their powers or if that uh, woke powers that were already within them. I I, I don't know about any of that, but Hydra is obviously involved just simply based on the last two commercials. Um, The commercial in episode two is a, a watch called Strucker, which is Baron Strucker. The commercial in this episode was a, a Calgon, uh, bath salt takeoff called, uh, what was it? Hydralax, which is Hydra. Awaken the goddess within. I don't know what that means, but I feel like that means something. And that's why I feel like, um, Hydra didn't give Wanda her powers, but they help, uh, wake the powers within her, the, the goddess within her. There's a part of me that almost feels like maybe we'll find out that Wanda and Petro aren't exactly human. That maybe they are um, Asgardian or something. I don't know. the 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 whole awaken with the awaken the goddess within has me really curious. I feel like that's not a metaphor. I feel like that's right on the money. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see as we go further. Um, all of the hexagons and even the beekeeper outfit. The the theories that are going out around there is that AIM is involved. AIM they use a hexagon as their symbol. Their costumes are very reminiscent of the beekeeper out of that beekeeper outfit. They look like beekeepers kind of. But what's the deal with that? Because he had a sword emblem on his back. He was surrounded by bees. Has AIM, which is an offshoot of Hydra, have they infiltrated sword? Um, Another theory that's been put out there is that the beekeeper is a character from the comics called Hive, who apparently showed up in the S.H.I.E.L.D. show at some point. Though from what I understand, S.H.I.E.L.D. is not canon. It's not part of the official Marvel Cinematic Universe. But now that we're delving into a multiverse that's coming up in Phase 4, 
Um, it could be part of the multiverse. The 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 Fox X-Men movies could be part of the multiverse. But there's just so much going on and there's so many thoughts buzzing around my head because of it. I don't quite I haven't quite put everything together in a in a succinct theory at this point. Uh, again, I believe that Wanda is being manipulated into creating this uh, alternate reality surrounding this town called Westville. She brought vision back to life. She's been, she's given, she's been given the ability to create a world that is probably one of her deepest, happiest desires. It makes me think of an episode of Supernatural where they were going up against a djinn who the lore is, is that a djinn, uh, grants you your, your deep, your, your most deepest desire wishes, you know, and then, but you find out that it basically drugs you and, puts you in a comatose state and you are reliving, you're living a life in your brain that is the life that you've always wanted. I think that's what's kind of going on with Wanda to a certain extent, except for she's not comatose. She's actually living this life. She's created this life for her, but she's been being manipulated into it. I think the people of Westville are actual people who live there, who are being made to play a part and I believe that it has something to do with Wanda having these children. Uh, I believe there's a, a, a larger plot, a larger uh, plan in place by either Hydra or AIM or somebody to, to bring these children into existence for some reason. But we may not find that, that out for another couple of episodes. But beyond that, I don't really know what's going on. And I love that about this show. I'm just really pleased with this third episode. I enjoyed the first episode. The second episode uh, made me like the show even more. And the third episode now has even elevated that love above how I felt about the show with the second episode. It's a really crazy, strange way for a, for a studio to put out its very first... I mean, it's not its their first TV show, but it's their first Disney Plus TV show that really is part of the main Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they're just, they just, uh, it's just freaking weird. And I love it because of that. What did you guys think? Leave your comments. Leave your thoughts. That's it. That's my episode, folks. I'll see you again next week. I'm out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.